All right. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Alan. You're right. Yes, man. I've missed. I've missed you, and I've missed the church over the weekend. Man, isn't isn't that like the past? The same thing you said like last week. You were away for a little bit, weren't you? Last uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think once a month I end up being away somewhere. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I actually really miss being at Blurton and um, and hearing your ministry and uh, singing with the congregation and stuff. So that's a nice thing to mm-hmm. to miss. Um, but yeah, good time away. I had a I was away at a at a um, speaking for a weekend away with young people. So mm-hmm. it was good talking about the four questions and. Uh, the, what, what questions we should ask the Bible and how God always acts according to his character. So we start with his character, then we work from there. So, yeah, it was a really good time. I think good feedback. A lot of the young people are keen to start using those four questions in their own yeah. devotions. So it's encouraging. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Very yeah. good. We had a really good good day at church yesterday. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's always nice when we run out of chairs. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> Brilliant. We're looking at um, yeah, glory to God, actually. Glory to God for, mm. for both my weekend and the weekend at the church. Mm. Um, so so seamless move over to our th- our theme of the day. We're continuing the Bearing Fruit series. We're nearly at the end. We've got two more after this. And that's kind of just uh, some, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Like trimming off the edges or like just sort of tidying up a few loose ends. That's what it is. Mm. But today is kind of like the, the end of the series in the sense of the, the, the theme going down. Um, so this is, this is soil work two, soil work one was God's grace, soil work two is God's glory. So today we're going to be looking at God's glory. Mm. No. And, and when, when it comes to God's glory, I'm, this, this will probably come out, but it's, it's the chief end of man, mm. you know, and enjoying God in that glory. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying him and glorifying him forever. What a topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so all that God does is because of who he is, mm. right? That was what I was trying to teach the young people this weekend, that we never we never um, take what God does, either in our own lives or in the scriptures, and then um, try to figure out his character from there. We always mm. start with his character and then examine what he's doing in light of his character. It's, so, it's actually, really it's a little bit nuanced, but it's very, very important because sometimes God, I mean, Victoria and I are reading Isaiah at the moment, mm-hmm. and there's it's judgment passages, and God, it says like, you know, furies on his lips, and you're like, "Whoa, God's really angry." But if you start with his character, he's holy, he's good, he's merciful, he's gen- he's patient, he's slow to anger. Yeah. Um, and then also now his lips are full <clears throat> of fury. It's like, mm. oh, okay, so yeah. um, I'm starting with his character first, yeah. it's because all that God does is because of who he is. So. It, it's kind of like, and maybe we could maybe I could open up to give give some insight into what it's been like to do the co-pastor thing. Mm-hmm. So so. It's it's not perfect, the the co-pastor thing. Um, we because we're human beings with opinions, mm. we have disagreements and and things like that. And yeah. we gratefully we haven't fallen out at disagreements. And but one thing you said is um, always expect the best of one another. Yeah. So when when there's some type of misunderstanding or, or yeah. disagreement or whatever, always expecting the best of one another. But when when we do that, we're still broken people. Yeah. So I may have had ill intentions. Yeah. When I said or did when I did. But with God, when we're starting with His character, and we're always expecting the best in Him, yeah. the reason we're expecting the best in Him is because we know that all He can do is the best. Yeah, He is good, He is gracious, yeah. and He is holy, He is mm-hmm. fair, He's just. Um, so so God, in every deed that He does, is revealing something about Himself. Um, 
so we're, we're God's telling us who He is, and then He's doing something to reveal or to express who He is, so we can read about it and be like, "Ah, oh, that's what that looks like to be just or holy mm-hmm. or good." Mm-hmm. Um, so we're coming close to this, the end of the series, and we're we're in the rich soil work of God's glory now. Um, the reason God does all that he does is for his glory. Ultimately, God does what he does because for, for his glory. Mm-hmm. The reason he wants all that we do to come from his strength by his grace is for his glory. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're trying to persuade Christians. Um, what what our persuasion so far for Christians to stop doing things in, own, in their own strength is because it'll fail. It'll mm-hmm. not go right. It'll be a disaster. But the actually the bigger reason, which is what we're getting to today, is because God won't get the glory. Mm. We want to give God the glory by allowing it to be his strength, by his grace working in us. Mm. No, that's, that's great, yeah. The word glory then. So we've discussed this a few times. Yeah. Um, what is What does the word glory mean then? So, so I, I always thought it was like um, like majesty. Yeah. Um, and I guess it is in some way, but uh, you, you said it's it's the word, it's weight, isn't it? Is the word right? heaviness or weightiness. Yeah. 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 Which is majestic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I, I just, I just have the idea when, when I think of glory, I think of something that I, I see and marvel at and can explain, mm. you know, so whether it be watching the way the waves, Listen to you. you know, just crash <laughs> and, and then return. Yeah. Whether it's like watching, you know, the clouds, swir- you know what mm. I mean? It's like something that you see and you like, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Or that's, yeah. Or so- sometimes that's scary. Like seeing a storm system or something, yeah. you know, like a tornado or something. But that's, that's weird. That's the weight of awe. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that's a witty experience when you're watching storms and watching things. It's, it's witty. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the idea then of this heaviness, this weightiness of, of the majesty of God. Yeah. Um, so what's weighty then? Well, uh, you know, at, at a metaphorical level, it means honor, reputation, splendor, significance, power, abundance, dignity, <clears throat> wealth, and, and majesty. Um, and God's glory is seen in many ways. And ultimately, it refers to the weightiness of God's character and attributes. Mm-hmm. How heavy, so to speak, mm-hmm. is God's character and, and his attributes. Yeah. Um, and as we're getting into this, like, you know, we were just praying there, um, as we get into the New Testament, you were talking earlier about how God is our Father, and yet hallowed be Your name. You know, you're 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 weighty. Um, and Philippians two talks about us working at our salvation, but the in verse chapter two, verse twelve, what it says with fear and trembling mm. before a holy God, mm. who's also our Savior, Father. Um, yeah. So yeah, like God is glorious. Yeah. And in, in our discussion last night, Jacob actually brought up something. Um, shout out to Jacob. Um, <laughs> he, he was talking about Isaiah six and how um, when Isaiah had this vision of God's glory, he he, he actually he was like, uh, "Woe is me, right? For I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips." Mm. Um, but then, on the coattails of that, he says, "Here, my Lord, send me." Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's like this. Um, God is greater than us moment. I'm unclean. I don't deserve to be in your presence. But then there's also this very personal touch mm. of I'll do whatever you want me to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Here are you, Lord, and what should I do for you, Lord, yeah. as Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so so to help us understand the two words of character and attributes again, we're going to give an admittedly oversimplified definition. God's attributes speaks into what God is. God's character speaks into who God is. Mm-hmm. And his attributes... Um, are on display in many ways. In other words, his glory is on display in mm. many ways. Mm. Um, so first of all, we'll just look at his presence, uh, mm. God's presence in significant places in human history. Mm. So God is everywhere present. We know that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes he shows up in a weightier way, and that's his glory showing up because it's weightier. Mm. Um, 
it's it's a visible manifestation of the weight of his power and it usually leaves those step who see it stepping back in fear as Isaiah. This happens in Exodus when Mount Sinai is trembling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the mountain itself oh, yeah. is trembling yeah. at the weight of God's glory. Mm. And all the people are are stepping away from it. So so his that's called his glory <clears throat> when that shows up because it's the weight of his presence, the mm. weight of his power um, is, is showing up there in, in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. And even in even in Isaiah six, mm. you know, when when he sees this vision of the glory of the Lord, that is trained to fill the temple. Yeah, you know, what I mean, just the idea of the massive majesty of God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get to his creation. Uh, Psalm nineteen verse one says, "The heavens declare the glory of God." So his cr- the creation mm. expresses God's glory um, because it's it's shown us God's power, God's wisdom. Uh, the ability to speak all of this into existence yeah. with words, yeah. uh, from the massive stars to the tiniest little little itty bitty creature or micro whatever thingamajiggy that they're discovering at the moment, mm-hmm. like wow, what a god, you know? Yeah. So we're discovering his glory as we look at the grand and as we look at the minuscule. Mm-hmm. Creation is um, demonstrating his divine being and eternal power. It says in Romans mm-hmm. chapter one. It's yeah, beautiful, yeah. The, the ontological, teleological significance of God as the creator, you know? This Looking at you. the stars and, <laughs> and the space, the planets, the solar system, the universe. Or just looking at like finite things like um, like seahorses and giraffes. Yeah, you know, cotton. Just being in absolute... Yeah, cotton over there. Yeah, yeah. cotton. Weird, weird looking thing. Yep. Just being in, in, in wonder and <laughs> all of what, what God has done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so his presence, his creation, and then third of all, in, in light of his attributes, his resurrection. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ demonstrates the power of God over the enemy of death. Mm. Um, it demonstrates the wisdom of God because he used weakness to destroy that power. Mm. Um, so, that is, so, I mean, there's so many more of, yeah. so many other things happen in the Bible that put on display God's attributes, but mm. those are just a few. His presence showing up in a specific weighty way, creation itself declaring his glory, and then the resurrection of, of Christ. Yeah. Um, so many more, but but God is putting on display through these actions his attributes, so that he gets the glory. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, second of all, then his character. So God, in numerous ways, reveals his character, and um, that's also part of his glory. Then the weight of who he, the weight of his goodness, the weight of his love, the weight of his mercy, uh, his glory. Then, um, so just a few examples of God's character um, being put on display. Um, his promises. Yeah. So he makes binds himself the promises um, and then keeps those promises through generations and so what's God putting on display there through what what aspects of his characters he's putting on display through his promises being fulfilled um, well the fact that for one he is in control of all things mm. so if he says that he's going to do it he'll do it because he can okay so the attribute of a sovereignty cool yeah all right um, and his promises um, I would think in terms of his character, the fact that he is a, a caring, compassionate yeah. person. I guess that's kind of attributes as well. But but yeah, he's, he's caring and compassionate because he cares mm. enough to make a promise to us. Yeah, yeah. It's grace, isn't it? To, to make mm. promises to little people like us. Mm. Um, grace to like bind himself to a promise to mm. people like us. Uh, yeah. Faithful that he Faithfulness, continue yeah. to keep the promises. Integrity and all that. Yeah. yeah, through our unfaithfulness at times. Mm-hmm. Um patience because he's like he he makes a promise and then like a thousand years later he fulfills the promise he's like patiently working it through you know yeah um and man with with the lord jesus you see that especially don't you yeah that you know first off israel 
mm-hmm. know, in the way that they treated him. Mm-hmm. Yet he calls them to repentance over and over again. Mm-hmm. Looks over Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I would have, but you would not. Yeah. Um, his twelve apostles mm-hmm. and the way that they interacted with him at times. I mean, you just want to wring their neck sometimes until you realize they're just like you. Uh, and us, mm-hmm. you know, his the way mm-hmm. he interacts with us as well. Yeah, beautiful. So his promises put on display his character. The incarnation of Christ puts his character on display mm-hmm. because, I mean, Philippians 2 talks about, look, look what Christ was willing to do. Wow. He is God. Um, he's not doesn't think it robbery to be equal with God, and yet he humbled himself mm. to walk this earth, to, to teach the crowds, to heal the sick, to embrace outcasts, mm. um, to become a servant and then even to humble himself to the place of death, even the death of the cross. Mm-hmm. So he demonstrates through his life on earth, the compassion of God, the wow. the grace, the mercy, the humility. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, I, can't, I think it's Psalm 18, your gentleness has made me great. Mm-hmm. And, and it's mm-hmm. the idea of your your condescension has exalted me. And that's mm-hmm. in the Psalms. Yeah, um, yeah. And how much is that true uh, mm-hmm. from the incarnation? His his condescension has exalted me. Yeah. Um, so so the, the weight of his... His character in the incarnation, and then and then redemption. Um, God's ultimate demonstration of His character was revealed in the death of Christ for the unworthy and the rebellious. Did I? Did my voice break? Is that what you're trying to laugh at? <laughs> no, no, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> you giggle like a little girl. <laughs> you brought it up. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so the, the crucifixion of Christ demonstrates both the deep love of God, so His deep love, and the holy, just wrath of God as well. Mm. So His His wrath and His love. You know, what is it? It's that old song, Mercy and Justice Kissed mm. uh, at the Cross. Yeah. Um, mm. So the act of Christ bringing us back to God is a free gift of grace at such personal cost to himself mm. is going to be the great theme of praise deep into eternity. May mm. you receive the glory for what you've done for us. That's mm. what Ephesians 1 says. Um, is, in Ephesians 1, that, that song in Ephesians 1, it keeps telling us, like, this is what has happened to you through Jesus. This is who you are through Jesus. To the praise of his glorious grace. To the praise of his glorious mm. grace. Mm. To the praise of his glorious grace. Three times it says that. So it's all for his glory, um, this redemption. That's but um, before we move on, we'll just get Exodus, uh, this this weight, this weight of God. Um, so Exodus 33, and if you can get, this is Moses asking God. So Exodus 33 and verse uh, 21 to 22. All right. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Right. So my glory is going to pass by. So what, what is God's glory then? Um, and then we get to chapter 34. And we get down to verse 5 to verse 7. And God's told him, you're going to see my glory. You're going to experience my glory, the back end of my glory, actually. Um, and then he he does pass by, and then this is God's glory. So if you can get verse 5 to 7. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Uh, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. All right. So you're going to see my glory. You're going to experience my glory. And then his glory is his character here. Mm-hmm. As God says, this is my, then he says, he proclaims the name of the Lord. And then you're going to see my the Lord passes before him and proclaims 
gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abounding, and then his justice and his, his holy wrath as well. And what does, what does Moses do as a response in verse 8? He made haste, bowed his head toward the earth, mm. and he worshipped. Because um, he just experienced the weight of God's glory, and, all, and it was God's character, the, his character being put on display. Mm. Um, so, so that's his glory, right? I, th- I think I think there's a scene in Revelation that gives us a bit of insight into this too. And at the end of Revelation four, where um, it, it talks about the uh, the angels uh, surrounding him constantly uh, mm. and and crying aloud, or the four four creatures in it crying aloud, uh, "Worthy, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled with His glory." His glory. So just yeah. this idea of God in His perfect presence is constantly surrounded by this type of scenario where it's like <laughs> Moses has the Lord pass by and as he, as his presence passes by, it's declaring things about who he is, mm, mm-hmm. but always in the presence of God, there's mm. this declaration of his, his glory and his yeah, holiness. That's cool, man. That's good. Yeah. So, so glory is weight. Um, weight is the, uh, God's car, the weight of God's character and the weight of his, his attributes. And they're being put on display through what he does here on, on earth and then in, in the word of God on earth as well. Mm. So what does that got to do with Christian fruitfulness? Well, Jesus explains in, in John 15 verse eight, that the reason we're going to be fruitful is so that God will get the glory, right? Mm. Verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay, so this is how my father gets the glory from your life, that you would bear it, not that you would produce the fruit, because if you were able to produce fruit, you would get the glory, (laughs) because Mm. it's your strength, Mm. but you'll bear the fruit he produces in you, so then he'll get the glory. Um, Mm. And and Paul prays in Philippians 1, verse 11, I love this prayer in Philippians 1, but um, this beautiful prayer, verse 11 says, "So, so that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So mm-hmm. it's as we um, allow Christ to fill us and then live out that life that's filled with Christ, then mm. Christ produces those fruits in us and God, again, gets the glory. That's good, yeah. Um, let's get uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11 to 12. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11 to verse 12. Yeah, if you can get that one for us. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. So basically, like, that God would help you to live it out, to Mm -hmm. live out the Christian life, right? That God would be the one who works in you to do that, yeah? And then verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's by God's grace he works in us. And then he gets the glory. Um, so so think about it. God gets glory in our creation because he's the one that created us. God gets glory in our salvation because he's the one that saved us. Um, and one of the reasons salvation cannot be off us is so that we cannot boast that we merited God's favor through our own works. Um, then he wouldn't actually get the glory. Mm. So how does God get glory when his people are fruitful? If, if he gets the glory because he created us, if he gets the glory because he saved us, then how can he be getting the one getting the glory um if we're fruitful because he's the one making us fruitful mm. right i mean it's just simple. he's the one doing that yeah yeah it's, it's his work yeah yeah so god could hardly take credit for creating us if he didn't create us mm. um he's not zeus like just inherited us somehow yeah, yeah. um but he did create us so he can have the glory god couldn't take the credit for saving us if he didn't but he did so he can 
and God would not be able to take credit for the fruit we bear if it isn't of him, mm. Um, mm. which is why it's so important we don't do this in our own strength. Um, our creation, our salvation, and our fruit bearing is not of ourselves. It's his work in us mm. because he wants the glory. He yeah. deserves the glory in that such a yeah, that's, scenario. That's wonderful. So ev- everything that he does is for his glory. For his glory. Including in our lives. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll finish up by looking at how believers... If, if you do this well, if you allow God to work in you and do all this root work and allow God to, to, bear, to produce the fruit that you bear, then believers are going to glorify your God and unbelievers are going to glorify your God. If you, if you pull a Martha, God won't be getting the glory. But if you, do it, if you do it with God's strength, by his grace, we're going to look now at how God gets the glory from believers and from unbelievers. Yeah. yeah. So 2 Corinthians 8... The, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 to chapter 9, we've been looking at this a little bit. Paul reminds and encourages the Christians that by grace, they're there to help their brothers and sisters in Judea who have a famine. And uh, he, he finishes by explaining to them that one of the outcomes of them giving, um, giving money to help in the famine will be God receiving the glory from the thankful hearts of the churches in Judea because of the generosity of, of the, the Corinthians. So that's in chapter 9. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12 to 14. All right. Uh, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints. Right. So giving is going to help the saints, which is a great reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Then go on ahead. But also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. It'll lead to them giving God thanks, right? Mm-hmm. While through the proof of this ministry. So... When they when they receive, when they receive it, what's going to happen? They glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. All right, so it's God's grace working in you to make you generous. You're going to then give to the Judean people down there, and what they're going to do is they're going to love you for that and they're going to glorify your god mm. <laughs> they're going to bring glory to your god mm. so that's the motive the motive isn't number one those people down there the motive is the glory of god and number two those people down there love for god and love for neighbor i mean is is, is there any greater virtue in life than glorifying god personally and provoking others to glorify <laughs> god as well yeah man to know that you've been used by God to bring him glory in the life of another believer that someone some other believer has received something from you and then in their own private prayer time is God thank you so much for what you've done may you receive the glory and just knowing that God allowed you to be a part in that I can't think of a greater goal in life (laughs) you know what I mean it's beautiful man but it's only it's only by grace right chapter 8 verse 1 says I want you to know about the grace of God that was working in the Macedonians Mm -hmm. um Verse 6, we urge Titus that as he had begun, he would also complete this grace in you as well. Mm. Um, so it's all, it's all verse 7, that you abound in this grace also. Verse 8, um, I'm, testing, I, I'm testing sincerity of your love by the diligence. That's, no, that's not right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, verse 19 it is. Um, not only that, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself. Mm. So it's grace and glory, grace and glory, grace and glory. They keep mm. intermingling here. Yeah. Um, and so, so believers um, are going to get, are going to glorify God when you allow God to work his, 
his work in you and, and, no, really and he produces that fruit that you bear, then yeah. he gets the glory. And I think it's an important reminder, isn't it? Because we, we don't produce fruit. No. We only bear fruit. Yeah. As God produces the fruit in us. So we we yeah. don't produce it. We only bear it. We can't produce it, man. That's like yeah. the whole that's where, uh we can only bear the fruit that God wants to produce in us mm-hmm. by his strength and desire. So then unbelievers are going to glorify God through your fruit as well. Mm-hmm. Um we're memorizing the Sermon on the Mount as a church. We're mm-hmm. getting very close to Matthew five sixteen. We're nearly yeah. there. Yeah. Um but Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Mm-hmm and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. So they're going to see you serving. How are you going to be able to serve? Through Christ working in you. That's what Colossians 1 says. The fruit of the gospel is producing is producing good works in the yeah, believers, yeah. and then God will get the glory for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then final verse is 1 Peter 2, verse 12. 1 Peter 2, 12. Okay, I got that. And... You know, we're, we're skipping over, for, you know, but chapter one's been telling us like it's only by God's grace at work in you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're, I mean, we're skipping over God's grace to get to God's glory, verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Right. So they're going to see your good works, which you're able to do because God is working in you, which is able to happen because you're in intimate relationship with him through routine, your faith and your hope in him, which is actually what First Peter is all about, mm. um, then they're going to glorify your God. Um, well, isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's, it's actually incredible because even in that verse, it's talking about even, like, even whilst people are speaking false things about you, mm-hmm. your fruit is going to speak louder yeah. than their lies, yeah. and that's going to glorify God. Yeah. And it's only if you're bearing fruit, because mm-hmm. if you're not bearing, if you're not in an intimate relationship with Christ through routine, then you're not going to produce the fruit. And then they're they're going to say false things about us, but they're also not going to see mm-hmm. the good things. Yeah. But if we are intimately connected to Christ, producing or bearing the fruit He produces, mm-hmm. then they're going to see that. That's and they're going to bring glory to God. So by grace, we can serve our brothers and sisters. We can serve the community around us. We we can forgive and love those who would mock us or harm us. Um, and we can walk in honesty, purity, and integrity, all by grace. Unbelievers are going to see the difference. They're going to know that's not normal to live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this is something different. This is a work of God. And they're going to see the powerful, transforming work of God in us. They're going to see his character working itself out into our lives. Mm-hmm. And he gets the glory. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the soil work. God is God's glory. He does everything for his glory. And at the bottom of it all, our lives are motivated by the glory and grace of God. Um, and that then comes full circle. So we rid ourselves to the grace and glory of God. And then we bear fruit, which will bring glory to God. So it comes mm-hmm. full circle in the end. I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Coming full circle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if it doesn't end up where it started, yeah, then we're doing the wrong things. Yeah. yeah. So let's, I'll say this, God gets glory when his people bear the fruit that he's producing in them as they root their hope by faith into the grace he has shown them for his glory. Amen. So that's kind of like full circle in the whole thing. Um, Praise the Lord. God help us to root ourselves today. Amen.